I'm my co-host. I can't believe it. On a day like this, I can't believe it. On, on the, I rejected, on the, my, I, I on rejected, the, I rejected my invite. I on rejected the, the invite because on I the didn't want to have that conversation. On the, on the important days, um, we have to make sure the co-hosts are, are people that are responsible and know what they're talking about. So, Ryan, good to have you. <laughs> so, what are you doing here, bro? What am I doing? Is that what you said? Yeah, sure. what, yeah what he, he wants to put me up there. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. You, <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, well, to be honest, it's a joke, but it's also true. I barely knew about the hack. <laughs> but it's, so you seem, but you and, and Fred were kind of disagreeing on how serious this is, Ryan. Maybe give us a, an overview. Yeah, I think, I think maybe let's wait for people to log on. But it's quite a big hack, and people need to listen to to what what is affected. And um, it seems that the cause of the problem was maybe patched. But that doesn't mean that uh, the hack is finished, so to speak. So or it could mean that the hack is not finished. Would you, would you, would you agree with the title, biggest hack in crypto history, or is it too, or too far? Uh, I don't know. Uh, let me explain to you what, what happened. And then um, I think that you, you know, people can jump to their own conclusion. I think that because it was picked up so quickly, and I'm not sure who picked it up, but um, because it was picked up so quickly, we probably averted probably the we probably averted a hack that could have destroyed us for a long time, a long, 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 long time. Like it was, it was, uh, if, if, if this hadn't been picked up as quickly as it got picked up, I would say hundreds of thousands, if not millions of crypto users could have had their entire wallets drained. Uh, I think a lot of people, well, not, not, we don't know of a lot of people that did, and we don't know, I certainly don't know, but maybe some expert speakers will come up and tell us uh, whether uh, the, the, it's, it's, it's patched to the extent that it cannot be downloaded. Because from what I understand, so let's maybe just go through what I understand. And again, please forgive me because I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm technical to a point, but not to, a, to this level. But ledgers, the ledger, anyone that uses a ledger uh, wallet, a ledger wallet is probably the most common crypto hardware wallet out there. Um, and it's supposed to be like the safest solution you can get because it's a hardware wallet. It's not a software wallet, which is effectively lives on your phone or lives on your, on your computer. You actually have to plug it in every time that you want to use the, the wallet. Um, the Ledger Connect source repository was attacked. Um, and essentially what this means is that the, every time that you connected, anyone that connected their Ledger, and interacted with any Ethereum app or any, any app out there, effectively exposed their wallet to, if you approve the transaction, you effectively exposed your wallet to a draining function. And a draining function effectively gives the hacker the, the opportunity or the, or the, the uh, privilege or the rights to drain your wallet. Now, they don't have to drain your wallet immediately. They, it could live on the on the on the thing. They can decide to drain your wallet whenever there is a, a, a money in your wallet. And so, a lot of people who interacted anytime after nine forty five or nine forty four UTC this morning, uh, a lot of people that interacted with DeFi apps. And there's a whole. I mean, I can't even begin to tell you what the list is. The list is so long that it doesn't even fit onto like onto tweets. It's so 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 long. If anybody interacted with any of those apps, they were um, uh, affected by this. Now, th there's a lot of things that I, that I don't know, and I don't know if anyone knows yet. Um, it seems that it was inserted by an employee of Ledger. So um, uh, 
seems an ex-employee uploaded a malicious version of the Connecticut. This UI front-end library, which would run on the client side, uh, it has since been removed. Um, so Ledger, it did take quite a, quite a while to, to come out with some kind of public statement. Um, I'll quickly read you the public statement. We have identified and removed a malicious version of the Ledger Connect Kit. A genuine version is being pushed to replace the malicious file now. Do not interact with any dApps for the moment. We'll keep you informed as the situation evolves. Your Ledger devices and your Ledger were not compromised. So the devices aren't compromised, but if you're interacted with apps, you effectively, from what I understand, uh, gave signing power. You almost like gave the, the, the attacker a proof of your signature and then they could empty your wallet. That's my my non-technical understanding of exactly what happened. It seems to have been patched, but what I don't know is if any users interacted during the three or four hours that this hack was actually underway or that this malicious code did actually live in the Ledger Connect um, uh, uh, um, uh, interface, then I don't know if those wallets can still be drained or not. And that's, I, I guess I'm hoping that people will be able to come on and tell us. Quick, quickly, I just spoke uh, back channel with uh, Seth from Ledger. And uh, right now, we, we obviously invited them on the show so they could give the perspective. Uh, their comms team is not allowing that at this exact moment, and they're all hands on deck resolving this. But he said that it is his understanding is that it is resolved and that they'll be uh, putting more out there about it. But we are trying to get them on. They're just not doing it the second. Uh, Maybe Jameson, maybe after hearing Rand's rundown, obviously, uh, uh, pretty the much the foremost himself. security expert. I'm sure you can give a much better explanation. Yes. Yeah. Um, what's going on here? Yeah, I can give you my perspective. And, you know, it is still, uh, I, I guess you could say, a fog of war. We're, we're still trying to get all of the details and uh, you know, the ledger team I'm sure is digging directly into exactly what the malicious code was doing. Cause there, there are open questions around exactly how it was being executed and how they were trying to trick users. So uh, the, the short version of like why this is a potentially catastrophic type of attack is because what we really see is this uh, single point of failure that is getting injected into basically every DeFi Web3 app out there. And that's just because of the prevalence of Ledger devices and all of these apps want to allow people to use their Ledger devices with them. Now, one thing which we're not entirely sure of yet, I'm sure we'll, we'll figure this out eventually, um, I'm not sure that it's necessarily true that this would only affect Ledger users. I think we should be clear that Ledger was the entry point of this attack, which allowed them to get into hundreds, if not more, uh, crypto apps. But just because that code came in through the Ledger library doesn't necessarily mean that only Ledger users would be affected. What we don't really know yet is exactly what prompts this malicious code was uh, injecting into the apps to try to get people to sign a message that would effectively hand over control of your wallet funds. And, you know, drainer apps are not new. This has been going on for years. And it's kind of like a phishing attack in the sense that, you know, your funds are safe unless you approve, you know, some malicious smart contract to have access to them. And so what, what these malicious actors are trying to do is to trick you into approving that, making you think that you're approving something else. 
So we we're seeing some people like Zach are, are, are tracing some funds that are being drained and, and sent that it seems like this particular threat actor has likely been operating in the space for several months. They just found a new way to inject their malicious code into many different apps. And um, it's not necessarily over in the sense that while it, it, it's a very good thing that this code was caught and patched within three or four hours, but due to the nature of how code gets distributed across the internet, it's still possible that there are people out there who may still be loading uh, this older malicious version of the code because it's probably cached in many, many different places all over the internet. I mean, it sounds like you can't interact with DeFi right now safely. I mean, are we talking about you shouldn't be, you know, connecting to Uniswap or uh, other decentralized exchanges? Should we be using any of this right now until we get more clarity? I mean, I'm pretty sure that a lot of people here obviously utilize a ledger with MetaMask for trading or investing because they have been told <laughs> that uh, it's the safer way than just leaving the tokens inside your MetaMask. And sounds like now you might have injected this malicious code all over the place. True. You know, it, it's obviously safer to keep your private keys on an air-gapped device, but just due to the nature of how these more complex smart contract networks work, is that it's possible for you to you know, hand over control of your funds without actually losing the key itself. So, yeah, the, the safest thing to do right now is nothing. Um, the experts are digging into it and will come out, I'm sure, with more specific advice and assurances once it's clear that uh, it's unlikely for people to still be accidentally loading this code. Mar Mario, uh, Rand, you guys are co-host. Uh, oh. Obviously, I'm not. Dude, Rand, do we have a do we have a tweet uh, or the list of compromised apps? I know how long it was, but I think it would be useful to pin that in the nest if we. So have. we don't have a list of compromised apps. You have a list a list of affected protocols. The list is very, very, very long. Um, <sighs> One place that it, you can access it's in banter bubbles in under the newsroom. It's dropped under the newsroom as a as one of just the link, articles. Link, just uh, it's very can you guys link, tweet it? Yeah, link can you just tweet it? Yeah, 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 right. yeah. Let me let me drop it, Mario. But, let me drop it to you and just tell me what what do you what do you think is the best way to drop something? Just like this. post it's post it. if it's just a if it's a URL, just post you it. Just need a tweet. Yeah, yeah. Just check that okay. out. I'll just send. I'll it. check it out. Do you send it on WhatsApp? I guess or, or Twitter. Yeah, on WhatsApp. I'll check that out. Okay, I'll check it. But just before yeah, before so I check it out, so James, let me, let me ask a quick question to James. So, how long would something like this take to patch up? If there's such a long list, and how does it compare to other other similar attacks in terms of scale? Well, it's it's kind of the the double sided nature of of the beast is that the attack was so effective and able to get into so many apps because it, it was basically hot loading this client library without doing any integrity checks. So that means the fix is also similarly easy. And hopefully you know, going forward, uh, the, the ledger library code is gonna be more careful and is going to you know, add in version pinning and integrity checks to make sure that uh, it's not loading, you know, uh, arbitrarily changed malicious code. This, this was a, an unfortunate oversight, but you know, this happens a lot in the, the JavaScript development ecosystem. There are a lot of potential supply chain uh, attacks due to the, the complexity of all of the dependencies that JavaScript-based apps tend to be built on top of.
And, and right do you know now, how much? That, really quick, Mario, MetaMask just tweeted update the recent hack affects all users, not just Ledger users. We've deployed a fix for MetaMask portfolio users on the latest version, v2.121.0. We'll be able to transact again and will be updated automatically. If you're not on this version, please refresh your site data. So this is saying that even just using MetaMask right now, you're affected to my understanding. Yeah, that, that, that basically confirms what I had just said is that Ledger was the entry point, but it was not the only target. You know, that's just how they got the malicious code in. But it looks like the attacker was smart enough not to constrain it to only to like Ledger device signing functionality. So what does this mean? Does this mean that anybody who used MetaMask, anybody who used any of the affected uh, applications, and it's, I mean, you're talking about pretty much every single DeFi application, if I'm not mistaken. Exactly. Does that mean that, does that, mean that, that your wallet could still be drained or do you need to be interacting? Uh, it, it's obviously it requires you to hand over control of your wallet, which means, you know, you have to cryptographically sign a message. So yes, interacting uh, with your wallet is when things start to get dangerous. And, and the problem that really arises is that you know, nobody is going to know exactly what code their wallet is running. So that's why it's best for everyone to sit tight and get an all clear from the security office. Don't use DeFi. Don't, don't literally, use DeFi. Or, or don't even use MetaMask. Like, don't use a wallet. It's not even don't use DeFi. Like, you don't even want to send tokens from yourself to yourself, correct? You, you shouldn't touch your, your MetaMask. You should not touch your wallet today. I, mean, I don't know how, how, how much more clearly to say it. Just step away, from the, step away from, the, from the wallet. Do not touch the wallet. Touch a lot of grass. Do not touch your wallet. Get the hell out of here. This is, this is pretty crazy, though, because, uh, you know, this is my, you know, knee-jerk reaction, but I'm not going to trust the minute that they say everything is all clear when they had no idea it was there and was this pervasive in the first place. I, this is like, it's just... No one said, who said it's all clear? It's only Ledger and they're referring to the... No, patch. but I'm saying we're going to, you know, everybody's saying like, uh, we're all saying, you know, step away, wait until we get clear messaging... Who, the, who believes any of it? Like, clear messaging. They didn't know it was there. Jamison, Jamison, I need to ask you. So you would need to approve the front end, right? You would need to approve the wallet. Um, you would need to approve the wallet. So only once you've approved the wallet does this get access to, to allow the, the drain function, right? Correct. Okay. And so, and if you did approve a wallet and your wallet is not drained yet, where do you stand? Yeah, if you had, if you had done a approval action, you know, in the past six hours or so, I would look in and go to revoke that as as quickly but, as possible. But you, but the problem is that I heard that if you go to revoke that, that that is interacting with. Uh, the, what I heard is that the more people that went to revoke that, the more people were actually enabling because apparently the revoke that function uses the interface or something like that. Well, I mean, that's a good question of, you know, would it be possible that they were also extremely smart and somehow have compromised the standard revocation action? You know, this is once again why we need to wait and see. Um, yeah, it, hopefully not many people have, have made large scale approvals today. You know, it, like the, the window is so short that I think that it's going to be fairly minimized. And uh, the real question is, how long does it take to get all of this malicious code purged from all across the Internet?
and how so, will we know to trust them? And that's my bigger question. So but, but when, Ren, when you're talking about the revocation, you're talking about if you go in MetaMask and click to disconnect from any thing that you're well, connected you to, to, right? Like disconnecting from a Uniswap, something like that. No, no, no. You have to revoke. Because remember, once you've given a DAP permission to access your wallet, you need to yeah. then revoke the access yeah. that you've given the DAP. And so right now, what you, what, what you have to be careful of is when you go to revoke the access, you're using the same thing. You're signing a transaction with the same thing that is, that is infected. So what they said is, don't go there. Like, don't go there. And the idea Literally is, do nothing. Literally do, do nothing. nothing. It's very cool. yeah, I, saw, I saw that tweet too when they said that you, you, you basically revoke is also like, it's dangerous because it's also infected by, it's not infected, but it's also connected just like MetaMask, just like everything else. So just the best course of action is to do nothing, not even revoke, not anything. Because when you go to revoke, you're also confirming, uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah the, the confirmation, the, the permission, you're giving the permission. So like, don't even touch the revoke websites. I'm thinking there's two of them for the Ethereum. Like, don't touch them. Don't touch them at all. Don't do anything. Touch grass. I mean, it's winter. So I guess touch snow, but yeah. Yeah, I'm in be, Florida, be, be, yeah, be very, be very, very, very careful today. Um, with do, do we know? Parts. Do we know? Do we know how much has already been drained, uh, James? So we have Jameson, Sorry, we're following. I, I've been following some of it. Um, I don't know if we're following all the wallets. Um, so about six hundred and ten thousand is what uh, Zach XBT said. I've got a wallet in front of me that currently mm -hmm. has uh, two hundred and fifty-two thousand dollars in it, which is a separate wallet. Uh, which is also labeled by Zach XBT as the as the malicious wallet. Um, I mean, maybe one of the ideas is to try and get Zach XBT up here. I'll, I'm actually going to ping him and see if he wants to join us. Exactly. Uh, Ryan, Ryan just tweeted the whole list for anyone that wants to see it. Uh, Ryan, do you want to pin it at the top for all the yeah, dApps that we're I'll do it. I'm like, we're, I just saw in our newsroom only 500,000 so far. That aligns pretty close with what you said, Rand. How is it so little if this is so widespread? My concern is that my concern is that you know once you've put a drain function in, once I think as Jamison mentioned, once you've put a, a, a drain function in, you don't have to drain immediately. You, you, I mean, some drain functions work that you can that you can you can sit there you can leave them for hours and hours and hours, uh, days and days and days. And one day when there's money in the wallet, you can decide to drain it whenever you want. So I mean, we need to get. I don't know enough. I don't have enough technical details, and I haven't yet found anyone that knows enough technical details to tell us exactly what this thing is. But um, but we, I think we need to be careful. Yeah, I mean, we did see uh, revoke.cash has said that they've fixed their particular website okay, so that it doesn't have the, the bad code in it, but they're still recommending not touching anything, uh, at least for mm -hmm. the rest of the day. And, you know, I think one interesting aspect of all of this, which obviously I've been banging the drum on for many years, is that this is not going to affect people who are using multi-sig wallets because mm -hmm. you, you can't approve adapt to a multi-sig wallet without having you know meeting that threshold of signatures so a single signature approval is not going to uh, compromise people so let's let's just quickly because a lot of people don't understand what multi-sig it's a very technical term a lot of people that are, are listening here they hear the word multi-sig they immediately believe that they can't they can't access a multi-sig they don't know what it is maybe just like walk us through how a multi-sig works in day-to-day -day practice 
Yeah, I mean, I think the, the easiest way to explain it is to think of, you know, physical lock boxes or safety deposit boxes. Um, you know, instead of just having one key that you have to insert into that box, you're going to need multiple keys that you know, have to be turned at the same time, you know, almost like nuclear launch code type of approval. And, you know, this is what gives you a lot more robustness against uh, all types of attacks, including these, these software supply chain attacks. Because even if you're keeping your keys offline on a, a device like Ledger or Trezor or whatever, as we've seen, it's possible for you with a single click of a button to unknowingly approve a malicious action. But what, uh, what these you know, malicious scripters are not really doing is trying to attack people who have multi-sig setups. It's a lot more complex to do so. Um, in, in part because it would require you know, multiple supply chain attacks at the same time. Um, you know, so, people would have to go get multiple keys and sign them to approve that malicious action. So let's just bring that back to practicalities. So I'm a trader, and every day I'm, I'm trading meme shitcoins on Uniswap. That's what I do. The question that I'm asking is, what I need to now have two ledgers every time I want to sign a transaction. How do I get the second signature? That, I think that's the part that people don't understand. Right. Well, it could be two ledgers, though I would recommend against that because you know using the same manufacturer means that both of those devices are potentially compromised, uh, yeah. compromised by a single supply chain attack. So this is why you know, at Casa we recommend people use like a ledger and a Trezor, or really any two different devices from different companies that use different code, different hardware, so on and so forth. Jameson and, so, yeah, and Rand, it, Rand, Rand, really quickly to add to that. I'm obviously, I've been a long-time Casa customer. That's how I, I use multi-sig for my Bitcoin. I've been pretty outspoken about that. But Ram, when you're talking about interacting with DeFi, the process of doing that with safe uh, multi-sig is prohibited, right? I mean, Jay, I don't even know how this would work, Jameson, yeah, if that's, so, even, uh, it's, if that's so even a thing. You, but I would literally have to run around like to three no, states and uh, yeah. No, so I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, I mean, I know what the answer is. I just wanted to hear from Jameson, but so... If you're really serious about security, the, the, what you need to do is you need to separate your holdings from your tradings. And the idea would be to use a multi-sig to get money onto a wallet that is like a place where you want to be trading all day. And then use yeah, the wallet. Yeah, but any transa that transaction from one to the other could be a victim of the exploit. Yeah, but, but you probably wouldn't be a victim of the exploit if you used Ledger and Trezor as your two multi-sigs because... You know, you, you hope that the attack doesn't target both. The, the attack doesn't target both. But you, know, you know, the part that worries me here, the part that worries me here is this is picked up in a couple of hours. And if this had gone on for 24 or 48 hours and people would have carried on, and this hacker was smart and, you know, he didn't action. He, I, we don't know. We don't know what we don't know. We don't know if he is as smart as we think or not as smart or whatever. What we do know, though, is that if you had, waited 24 hours to drain any wallets whilst infecting more and more and more DeFi users. And then he would have pressed the button at once and automatically drained all the wallets. You would have seen, you pretty much would have seen 50% of crypto wiped out. Absolutely possible. Uh, and yeah, speaking to your point, I, I think that people should realize that you don't need to have just one wallet, you know, especially if you have 
a substantial portion of your net worth in crypto, then it makes sense to have different levels of security because what you're always doing is you're making trade-offs between security and convenience. So, you know, it's it's good to have a super duper secure distributed cold storage setup. And then your your trading setup is hopefully going to be a smaller portion of your stash that's easier for you to access, but of course also easier for you to lose. Yeah, I mean, Rand, let me ask you a question. Rand, I want to ask you a question. Mm. In light of this, and as many exploits as we've seen, and I'm not talking about your investment portfolio. I just said I'm a Casa multi-sig. Mm. I'm just putting this out there, not as a question for me, but because I know a lot of people are thinking this. For trading, would you right now feel more comfortable with your coins on a centralized exchange or dealing with all of this? Exactly. Yeah. I was going to ask the same question. Like yeah. the, the whole concept of not your keys, not your coins uh, is just getting mm. questioned now. Yeah, well, uh, someone said there was a meme that was posted. Um, there was a meme that was posted. I'm trying to find the meme, but it says something like, uh, your key, uh, your keys is still not your crypto. You know, <laughs> even though you got the keys, it's still not your crypto because you, you can get drained. Um, yeah, hold on. The, the, the difference between this is that this is being remedied right now. And if it was on a centralized exchange, you couldn't do crap with your coins. So, no, no, no. This, the, well, is it not remedied? your keys, not your coins. That's, that's the way Hold to go. It, is it remedied? We don't know. We, we hope the, 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 the source is remedied, but we don't know if the implications are remedied yet. No one knows that yet. Even I mean, that's why MetaMask are basically saying, step away from your computer today. And Toby, but you're saying with a sex, but Toby, Toby, with a sex, with a centralized exchange, wouldn't they remedy the situation as well? In some case, insure the money as well. Who's going to insure the by money that now? Time they, by that time, they could have been completely hacked. I mean, you're talking about... This is a sophisticated, sophisticated, sophisticated attack. I mean, they believe it's an, it was an inside job. There is, I don't know if this is the root of why people believe that it was an inside job, but they found a piece of code uh, saying that it was published and they published an email address in this code, which is, it's like literally published. It's on Twitter. It's a J-U-N.S-U-G-I-U-R-A dot J-P at gmail.com because it looks like when the code was 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 published, it was published by this person, and he left an email address. Now, is that true? Is it not true? Was I haven't compromised? No I, one knows. I haven't found that. I haven't found that. So that's yes. supposedly the ex uh, ledger employee. Yes. And uh, let's let's speak about two facts here. First of all, if he did if he did that, do you really think he would leave his personal and business email there? So that that's kind of you know I, that, that's not gonna yes, happen. I, I, Yes, I think. Yes, I think you're right. But also, people make mistakes. I have another point. I have another point. Uh, mm -hmm. Someone else uh, in the same tweet, in the subtweet, pointed out that people were targeting fish by, by via phishing emails uh, 20, 24 hours ago. So, like yesterday, they were targeting GitHubs. So, like mm -hmm. specifically GitHubs. So, my conclusion here, with a little bit of cybersecurity history that I have, is that the guy, the ex-employee, got uh, phished. So he fell for the phishing attack, and his GitHub got compromised, obviously, and. My, in my opinion, I think the ledger probably did not revoke his access as they like fired him or he was let go or whatever. And that is my thesis. I don't think that's the guy that actually like did the exploit. Like, if th this is a sophisticated hack, this is a sophisticated exploit. So, if this is a sophisticated actor, do you really think he would leave his public email into the? I just don't think it is. I think he got fished, and he's an ex-employee, and the ledger did a did a mistake mm -hmm. not revoking the access from that his.
from his yeah, guest yeah, house. It does make sense, as I said. As yeah, it, it, does it, it does, yeah. Theory. Yeah, it theoretical. But in theory, yeah, of course, it's not yeah, 100%, quickly. but that's, yeah, that's quickly. you know, common sense. Yeah, yeah Rand, quickly, just Toby, just to go back to what you said once again, I, I, I want to be clear. I am not questioning the keys, coins, ethos for your investment stack. I'm asking if you are a trader who's aggressively trading a bunch of garbage that you don't care about that could be worth quite a bit of money. At this point, I'd be pretty 50-50 on using a MetaMask or a Ledger and interacting with Uniswap as I would so, by putting it on Coinbase where it's secure and needs a YubiKey to do anything. Uh, you know, I would be pretty pretty close there. Scott, let me tell you what, my, what, what happened. I was at my son's birthday party when this all went down. And one of the things that I feel really, really guilty about is that I, I do work too hard. And because of crypto, I land up working 24 hours. I land up working weekends. I land up always looking at my phone. And the last thing that I wanted to do was be at my son's birthday party and be looking at my phone. But when the, the news hit, obviously, we've been interacting with a lot of our wallets because that's what we do. We're in crypto, right? And there were no details about what actually was happening. And so I was at my son's birthday trying my hardest not to look at the phone, but living with the thought that maybe, maybe, maybe every single one of our wallets Correct. today is going to be drained. And we're talking about uh, millions, okay? Like, I don't even want to, you know, I don't want to put it out there, but a lot, of, a lot of money. Now, the first thought that went through my head is, fuck this crypto shit. I'm going back to traditional banking. I, I mean, you know, I lost a lot of money in Luna. That nearly destroyed my life. Uh, and I just thought, if this is happening to me again, after I've just rebuilt and I've just started to rebuild, and this is happening to me again, then my first thought was, I hate crypto. Like, you know, that, that's where I was. Like, for, for, for a few minutes at my son's birthday, I was at the point where I was like, I fucking hate this industry. If, if they have just drained every single one of the wallets that I've interacted with today, I mean, I hate this place. But even if they have well. Hold on, what, what, what percentage of your wealth is in, in uh, wallets versus centralized exchanges, if any? Mario, no, you're robotic. Any, I don't have, any, I yeah. don't have oh. anything in centralized exchanges. I mean, it, it's, it's, I mean we, we, you know, we, we have custodians. Obviously, we use custodians for most of it. But still, it's substantial what's not with custodians and stuff. That we're, you know, the problem is that when you're with a custodian, you can't trade, you can't DeFi, you can't stake, you can't unstake, you can't deploy strategies. You want to get your money out, it's a lot more complicated. So the majority of our money, obviously, is with custodians, but still a substantial amount is with traders. We've got a team of traders. They all have wallets. All the wallets are loaded with money, right? right? Um, I'll give you an example. We have a team of people that sit in our office and airdrop farm. That's all they do. So we give them, we give them each X amount of money. Um, let me give you an example. Like we could give you, if you're a sophisticated air, uh, airdrop farmer, we would give you a wallet with $100,000 in it. And we would ask you to do, do and repeat multiple actions from, from wallets to try and get us airdrops. We have a team that does that, right? Now, to be honest, probably every single one of those wallets is actually compromised because one of the airdrops we were farming is a ZK Sync one. And we know that ZK Sync was compromised. Okay, now I'm too scared to plug the wallets in to do anything with them. I'm sitting here thinking, well, you know, maybe those wallets are going to are gone. Who knows? Like, who knows? It can be very difficult to, uh, you know, compare and contrast, you know, different security architectures and all the trade-offs between self-custody, third-party custody. Uh, obviously, as you said, you get a lot more functionality in DeFi. 
in self-custody. But I think the short version of how I try to sum up the entire uh, security model available to us in this space is that um, everything that can go wrong in a self-custody setup can also go wrong in third-party custody. Because if you think about it, they are just doing self-custody, but for a lot of other people's money. So you're, you're actually you're exposing yourself to a wider variety of threats when someone else has the money or someone else has the keys because they can screw up in all of the possible ways that you could screw up. Yeah, but most of the Which we just saw. We, uh, we just saw that with Prime Trust and, and well, Fortress, who are two on. regulated trusted hold custodians on. in the United States. Hold on. Most smart custodians today use what's called multi-party computation. What multi-party computation, I'm going to break it down quite simply is, in its most basic form, it shards your private key into three parts and you need any two parts to sign a transaction. And usually only one of the three parts is held by the custodian. One is usually held by you and the, 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 the second one is held by some third party. And you need three signatures to access, you need two of the three signatures to access the wallet. And, you know, so most custodians, a lot of custodians are traditional custodians which don't use that kind of technology. But I think these days, most of them are using MPC or multi-party computation. I mean, Jameson, I assume that applies to literally everyone, what you're saying, correct? I mean, you know, even uh, well, I mean, the, because the we know that like, you know, you eventually BlackRock's going to be custodying their Bitcoin for the uh, spot ETF, right? Uh, there's got to be somewhere that uh, that at least large institutions or players are going to have to trust as custodians in theory. Yeah. So the, the, you know, the short version is behind the scenes, any quote unquote good custodian is going to have a robust internal architecture, you know, that, that splits up uh, the sort of command and control of the actual keys internally. But from your perspective, that's a black box. You, you don't actually know what's going on. You can't confirm what's going on. And uh, it's still possible for them to have vulnerabilities. Uh, the, the problem is you just you can't possibly know. So, you know, you are, of course, trusting that they know what they're doing. And there, there's a lot of good custodians out there that do know what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just for the audience, and, and Ryan, maybe give a quick overview because we've got a lot more people today because of the, the hack, obviously. Just another quick overview for anyone so, that missed it in the beginning. On Because there's still people messaging me, and I was replying to a few of them saying, um, you know, is this just about Ledger? And they don't know yeah. that there's a lot more yeah. dApps and MetaMask that's compromising. And so, I've also pinned the list of dApps that you tweeted. Everyone wants to see the full list is just pinned above. Uh, go ahead, Ryan. Yeah, so we're in the, mid we're in the middle of a potential massive, massive, massive DeFi hack. We don't know a lot. What we do know is that the entry point to this attack was malicious software inputted into what they call the Ledger Connector uh, app or the Ledger Connector. I'm not sure what the Connect it. And um, essentially anyone that's interacted and signed transactions with this malicious, without knowing, with this malicious uh, uh, kit um, can have their wallet drained or some people have already uh, had their wallets drained. So the, the things that we don't know for sure is whether the hacker can still uh, drain wallets that, that interacted earlier. Um, we don't know that. I, we don't know. We think we know some of the apps that are affected. Uh, MetaMask has come out and um, MetaMask has basically said, I don't know, Scott, if you want to read that tweet, but they pretty much said, 
It's not only Ledger users that are affected. Ledger was the entry point, but now a whole lot of other dApps are pretty much affected. And the, the, the best advice that we can give anyone today is step away from the computer and don't touch DeFi until experts tell us that this is uh, completely, completely safe. But for now, best advice I can give you, stay away from, from anything to do with DeFi today. And when we say DeFi, we're talking about anything where you approve a transaction on your wallet, whether it's a hot wallet or a cold wallet. So anytime that it says, would you like to approve this transaction? Would you like to connect your wallet? Um, don't do it today. Forget about it. Step away. I just don't like, yeah, I, I think that's a hundred percent perfect summary. I just, to a degree, and this is nothing against any of these specific parties or whatever. Like, how do we trust that they cleaned it up when they tell us they did? I'm sorry. Well, don't, don't I don't do want to touch any of it for a month. I, like, it's completely pointless. You could not pay me to trade right now, even if I saw a huge opportunity. Picture it as a, as a field full of landmines, and they assured you that they've cleared all the landmines. My feeling is don't run into the field in the beginning. It's let exactly right. Let, 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 others, let others run let in, others run. let them blow up. Uh, but uh, uh, and just uh, since we're giving the recap, Jameson, could you also just repeat what could happen next, or what's the best case scenario? It's all been patched. Not many DApps were compromised, and what's the other alternative that got ran to say that could become uh, the biggest hack in crypto history? Right. So you know, the good news: this was caught very quickly. Why was it caught? Uh, well, at least partially because you know the code is open; like we can see what the code is. So. Um, I think once the security experts have said they have fully audited and reviewed the latest version of the code, it's generally going to be good to go. I would imagine that will you know happen sometime today. It's also interesting and almost ironic that we've created this incredibly decentralized, like large ecosystem. Uh, and yet it still has these incredibly concentrated single points of failure. If you think about it, what seems to have happened here? One account of one former employee of one company got compromised, it appears, and that led to a vulnerability that affected hundreds of different apps used by who knows how many millions of different people. It's, a, it's an amazing level of fragility and an otherwise robust ecosystem. So uh, you know, the openness of the ecosystem was one of the saving graces here that allowed this uh, malicious code to be detected quickly, patched quickly. And now we're just sort of in the wait and see mode of making sure that any places where that code might've gotten cached and still could be getting served to people needs to get purged and, and in order for people to be able to go forward and be able to use these apps uh, with some peace of mind. I, I think, I think one of the reasons, I mean, one of the things that people forget is that this is, we're still in the wild West phase of this, this space, you know, so things like this are going to happen. We're only 14 years into this. And yeah, just as Jameson said, you know, it's open source so we can actually see what's going on. This is unlike any time in history that we can actually do that. So yeah, it got caught. Is it's going? Code is fixable, and you know, I mean, all this doom and gloom. Yes, there's going to be some collateral damage, but the space is going to be even stronger after this. Do, do we know? Do we know who who spotted the hack initially? Anyone? 
We still don't know. I haven't seen and it. how. Uh, the, the first one, the first thing that I saw, and again, I don't know if it's if it was the first one. I, I saw some communication coming out from Sushi, Sushi Swap. They came out with with some communication. Um, bear in mind that they believe that the first wallet was drained at about nine forty four UTC. That was when they believe that the first wallet was drained. And again, please don't quote me on any of this. I'm only going on on the information that I have, so I don't know if 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 it was the real first or or whatever else. Um, that was the first time that we. So heard that was something. that was that was six hours ago. And when did Ledger say it was patched? I think about four hours later or something. So I, I think it was about four hours later. Where Ledger and has there been any? Out. And and we would expect more wallets to be drained, most likely. Just the question is how many more? Because um, it hasn't. We don't know. Mario, you're a robotic. Yeah, oh. we don't know. That's the problem. So Ledger came out. Ledger came out at. Two hours ago, so they came out at 3.31. It's now, it's, they came out two and a half hours ago, and they said, we've identified and removed malicious version of the Ledger Connect kit. That was, that was at 3.31. Um, underneath, they said, malicious version of the file was replaced at 2.35 CET. The sushi swap, uh, the, sh the sh sushi swap, uh, communication. I'm just trying to find out when did that actually come out. Um, that came out. At, no, that, that was late. That I, was I like. Sorry. I, thought, I, I, I thought like. Uh, I like whenever. Softly, I'm not roboting again, Scott. But I, I like whenever there's bad news in crypto. Danish requests to speak. Whenever there's good news, he's not even in the audio. So maybe peeks in and out. Yes, Danish. Yeah. What is it, Danish? Please. Well, this is the future of money, guys. This is the future. I, I keep hearing this is the future, but apparently the future can be hacked. Yes, there's not much we could say back. You know, not, not what was it? Not your keys, not your coins. But, but then, oh, how? how the nature was but it, I think he was. I think. I think it's, Have fun it's, staying it's, poor, Donish. Have fun yeah. staying poor, buddy. <laughs> is that Danish? Is that Danish Schiff? Yeah. Well, I was gonna say. Today, I made a proclamation on the morning show, which for Scott is super scary, which is I am officially, it is the top. And the reason why it is. Where was I? Bitcoin. I need what Bitcoin. I'm buying Bitcoin today. I'm just letting people. Who do you think convinced him? Who do you think convinced him that it was an uncorrelated asset? Wait, wait, wait. Guys, sell everything. Guys, sell everything. It's time. I don't think so. I don't think so. Maybe, but uh, I convinced Donish that even if he, well, I don't know if I convinced him, but we had the conversation that I said, even if you literally hate it, it's idiosyncratic and uncorrelated. And so you should have it in your portfolio. So Scott, I'm going with the really Scott, soft, soft sell. Yeah, Scott, Scott got it started. And then Powell yesterday convinced me that the whole game is now rigged. I literally cannot believe how incredibly incompetent our Fed, our Fed is now. Why? Uh, what, what, doing, why only yesterday? What happened yesterday? What happened yesterday was the final straw that broke the camel's back. We literally saw in the last, well, pretty much the last week, the CPI numbers were doctored. They literally changed the numbers to fit a narrative. I've posted about that. I can put it up in the nest. Specifically, they said that health insurance premiums in, the, in these United States went down by 30%. That is a, obviously, they, they talked about how th there was a change in methodology. If you 
corrected that to the actual numbers, we actually saw that part of the basket go up by 0.2%. So it only represents 0.53% of the total weighting, but just that alone would have made us have a CPI that was higher than expected. If that would have occurred, there's no way they would be talking about rate cuts. They're saying yesterday on the dot plots that we're expecting three, not one, not two, but three rate cuts next year. On what premise? GDP is at 5.2%. Unemployment data came in today. Jobless claims are hot. We're actually running at a hot economy. So what are they seeing? They're telling them that we should get three rate cuts next year. Okay, one rate cut at the end of the year, we can talk about it. One of them said six, Danish. One of them said six. One of the Fed officials voted for six. It's a fucking Ponzi. This is made up. I'm sitting here. CPI is. Oh my God. One of us. One of us. One of us. One of us. I mean, yeah, you don't like CPI. We just uh, changed the the rules for how we calculate it. And they've been doing that for, what, several decades now? It just gets to be a bigger and bigger joke until you see, what was it, Krugman a few months ago posting something about, like, we've defeated inflation. All you have to do is not include food, housing, electricity, energy, uh, transportation, and inflation's really low. But, but this is like one of those where it's, you know, obviously they're doing things differently, but, uh, but this specific one is such an egregious change that it, it even got me sitting here. And I've been one of those people saying, look, look, you don't want to fight the Fed. The Fed is going to tell you what they're going to do, then they're going to do it. Today, yesterday was the correlate, the opposite correlate to what uh, Powell did uh, with the Jackson Hole speech, yesterday was the opposite of that. He came in, you could tell he wasn't sweating as much. He wasn't touching his face as much. He seemed very confident. You could tell that he essentially called victory in his own special way. And it's incredibly dangerous. So the reason why I would be going into any sort of thing, and I am buying gold also, is because I'm sitting here asking myself, if this looks exactly like 76, 77, which, by the way, if you go back and read what people were saying at that time in 76, 77, it was the same thing. Powell is no Volker. He does not have the spine or the cojones. He is clearly. Or 25 percent debt, debt or 25 percent debt to GDP. Exactly. <laughs> and so, like, we're literally sitting here in a day where the market is ripping. People are celebrating. And what we should be doing is is calling for the for for his head. This is incredibly dangerous. What he's doing. Just want to be very wow. clear. Adonis, I, I, I just am shocked. Okay, I'll let you finish. Go ahead. Sorry. The, unless he's seeing deflation expanding from China to the rest of the world, which is what I think is happening, that could be the only reason why they're getting ahead of this because this is incredibly irresponsible. Like. In, I, I have to, I'm calling like, I'm call, I'm putting the red flag up. This is, this is nearly as irresponsible as causing, calling inflation transitory. This is incredibly dangerous, in my opinion. That's what he does. That's what he does. I, I just need to just briefly say, so I, I, I made a false assumption because I've been missing the finance spaces in the morning, unfortunately, because driving kids to school. But I made the assumption that you were doing it simply as an investment and you just literally gave the Bitcoin pitch in a billion years. I would have never thought that that was the reason that you bought it. I, mean, I know you're laughing, but I, I'm actually quite impressed 
We talk, literally, didn't we just talk about yesterday? Was it Mario? We were talking about strong opinions loosely held. And when uh, intelligent people who can even be like yeah, but very is, strong in one direction are presented with new information, they change yeah, their mind. Yeah, uh, Danish contradicts it because that is, usually correlates with intelligence. But yeah, Danish did, did demonstrate exactly that. Uh, when I'm, I was really enjoying the, the pitch that he gave I'm us. I'm incredibly Danish, impressed. So I'll be, I'll be, I'll be clipping impressed. Danish. I'll be Danish, clipping uh, this and Danish, aiming it in the finance Danish. space. Are you going for it's my crypto punk tomorrow? It's my crypto punk. Imagine if, if uh, Danish, if you want a promotion from the finance space to the crypto space, please send me your your uh, your CV. I'll take a look at it and we'll let you know if we would consider you. Yeah, Dave, and also also got Wahid. So Wahid also hasn't jumped in for months. Wahid, just before Dave jumps in, Wahid, uh, I think you got triggered by Danish's comments. Do you agree? Um, absolutely. I guess, you know, there's something that was very, very different, but it actually started this week, early this week. For the first time, Biden actually gave uh, um, advice to the Fed. He was caught literally saying, you know what, they ought to start lowering rates. He had never done that. In fact, he actually um, was bragging that unlike Donald Trump, he was leaving the Fed alone, etc. So he kind of broadcast it and then Election. Exactly, election. exactly. That's what I'm going to get. And then Janet Yellen, literally two days ago, okay, the day before the Fed, uh, she was she literally spoke like a Fed chair. I mean, it, it was insane, giving statistics, inflation, and xing this and xing that out, and then we ought to do this and all that. And then he basically comes and layers it in. So you know. Um, Basically, the, the the idea that he wants to front load the cuts so that he doesn't have to cut uh, June, July, August, September, uh, October, just right in front of the election, front load everything, maybe, sorry, June probably included in the cuts. I think that's very valid. He was extremely political. And uh, yeah, I mean, if anyone here... Well, he, this is extortion. They're extorting and they're extracting from the American people. No, I get that. We I have get that. Never but like, done they're, this before. they're extorting and extracting on all levels. Like it's becoming a banana republic. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. Every day it's becoming one. I think it is, right? I mean, every day we tune in, it's like, Jesus Christ. I mean, I don't know if you guys have I've been busy with Mario behind the scenes on all the other shows, right? The political ones, the ones on, on Sunday. I mean, it literally you know, for people who sort of grew up in the establishment, you know, I was on Wall Street, et cetera. I drank Kool-Aid like no tomorrow. I used to make fun of conspiracy theorists. And then in the last year, it's like you start to hear these stories and you just pinch yourself saying, you know, you got to hope that actually a lot of this is overblown, et cetera. Now it's just blatant. It is so it's, it's surreal. OK, just look what they're doing to Elon Musk. Look what the FCC whistleblower this morning uh, attested to like yes absolutely the fcc was ordered to open up as many investigations on elon musk as possible it's like there's no longer even hiding it anymore right the stuff that we uncovered yesterday with ibm unreal it's like no longer so sorry i'm deviating from the fed but yesterday is just like yet another data point that now it's blatant right and it's no longer, it's just blatant. I mean, it's been blatant for a long time. It was the reason why I left the United States. Yeah, but fools like me, you live, you live something special. Uh, so, Ryan, Ryan, you, you can't, you can't, so, you can't, I always get annoyed when Grant says, you can't go to South Africa 
and say, yes, yeah, so I left the U.S. Exactly. It's still far ahead of most other countries in the world, but it is flawed. And, and also, this, there's something very special happening, Rand, which is hard to explain. I have to say, I know people have been talking shit about the Fed and all that. And it's a fiat, the fiat system, Ponzi crypto, whatever you guys talk about. That's fine. But this is a little bit different because they're actually doctoring the underlying data that they're then using to what's new about decision making. What's new that about is that? new. They did not change methodologies, man. That's not a thing that they did. This is Come new. On, I'm telling you. Come and on, man. and to do this right before an election year at a time where I, I, I'll give you a really simple example. It's a question I asked. At 5.2% GDP with unemployment being near, near all-time, uh, all-time lows, today's jobs data came in hotter than expected and, and uh, American retail sales are higher than expected. And we're talking about three cuts next year? What, how? We don't. I mean, to, to be fair, Donish, to, to be fair, the dot plot's never been right in history. But to even to hear the narrative is, yes, it's astounding. Would you say the Fed pivoted yesterday? They pivoted yesterday. Beyond, beyond, beyond reasonable doubt. I mean, it That's was unreal. That's they what pivoted. I think as well. Yesterday was the, was the bizarro Jackson Hole speech. It was the complete opposite this time. He literally said the words, you know, we might be at risk for recession. Danish, listen, I was having a bad day today, bro. I woke up this morning. You know, the, we've had this, we had this, the hack, the hack, you know, we still don't know who's affected. I, I was, uh, I was a bit disillusioned by crypto again. I thought to myself, what the hell am I doing in this industry? But I can tell you that uh, watching you turn like this, bro, I mean, this is not a back, good turn, right? We are so this is making back, me bro. sad. I'm no, but, sad but about we, we this. This is sad like about the American future. Yeah, we've been sad. We've been we sad, Danish. We, we turned like this. We're very years. sad. We're, we're very sad when crypto pumps, Danish, as well. We, we share your, your sadness, and it is very I hope Danish. I hope Danish literally like buys a Lambo and retires on an island because of his involvement in this, uh, truly. Because truly. of his and, uh, crypto pumps. And Danish, I mean, you know, you, you know I do think, uh, uh, in case you think I wasn't being a, a, a genuine we are looking for another co-host on Crypto Town Hall because, you know, Mario is so busy with politics that we want to <laughs> replace coming. him. We want to, we want to replace him. So we're thinking of replacing him. So, if, if, I mean, I, I, I really think you should apply. We'll, we'll get you into shit coins. Next thing you'll be buy, buying uh, bonds. <laughs> we have, buying I'm not bonds. We have, Ran, I'm not we have, zero. no, no, right, right. We have the D-Gen show, the other one that we do. We get dynished on that one with all the shit coins. <laughs> yeah, in, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, though, that when you, uh, you know, this is really fun and it has been the last few days, but in, in all seriousness, when you listen to this, the entirety of this conversation doesn't it just make you a little bit more of a Bitcoin maximalist than maybe you were before? That you should just buy Bitcoin, it's, throw it well, in the and, and get the well, hell out of all have, of this. Well, we just Scott, we just talked about we just talked about the hack as well. So just take it easy. It's a good day and a bad day. Yeah, I, I, I'm just saying that because of the hack and because of the Fed and all of the main topics we're talking about, all roads lead directly to Bitcoin and nowhere else. The rest of it is, I mean, have fun and figure it out. But uh, and, and I listen. I love to speculate, but the rest of it's a trade. To be completely clear about something, because I'm getting a bunch of DMs on the back end, uh, there was a question that was asked from one of our listeners. Do I believe that the ETF will be approved? The answer is no, but I still think that we're doing such a bad job as a government 
that I have to put my money somewhere else. I well, you don't, wait, hold on. you don't believe the ETF is going to be approved? Not, not by January 15th. Sorry, to be clear. I don't expect it to be approved by January 15th. I expect it to be approved in 2025. I am not convinced that in an election year. Because of Denzler. Because of Denzler. Because in an election year, look at what Biden is doing. Look at what these guys are doing. You don't think they can push off an ETF approval until after the election? Of course they, they can. can do whatever they want. I don't know. It depends on how much support they want from Larry Fink. The cash create narrative changes that in a big way. That is a massive, massive pipeline to TradFi. So the cash create versus in-kind is a massive, massive different in the Bitcoin ETF narrative. It's the reason why I think it will be approved in January. And we should probably change the whole fight the Fed conversation, change it to, you know, don't fight Larry, right? So the Fed basically works for Larry. Um, Just follow what Larry's doing. What's Larry been doing? Larry's been grabbing a big bag of Bitcoin and a small bag of Ether. So this entire conversation about Banana Republic and who's doing what, what's Larry doing, right? So Cash Create, again, is a massive, massive, massive pipe uh, to TradFi. Um, and that hasn't gotten enough um, conversation over the last two days. Um, but the last, you know, six to 12 meetings that have, that has happened between the ETF companies and the SEC has basically, basically been conversations about in-kind versus cash create. And the SEC has drawn a fairly, fairly hard line in the sand about cash create. So that's what it's going to be. Um, just explain the difference. Just explain the difference for people who don't understand the difference. So, Cash Create essentially makes the uh, Bitcoin ETFs, the spot Bitcoin ETFs, much like a mutual fund. So, a mutual fund, you put your money in there, it stays in there, but you're going to get a tax bill every year based on what happens inside of the mutual fund. It's the reason why ETFs gobbled up enormous market share from mutual funds because ETFs effectively are in-kind uh, uh, mechanisms where whatever happens inside of the ETF, you're not getting hit with a tax bill on an annualized basis. You're effectively tax protected. Um, that's the difference between in-kind and cash create. Cash create creates a taxable event. I, I put out a tweet maybe an hour ago. Cash create is a massive kick to the balls for Grayscale. Well, why? Grayscale's Bitcoin, you know, uh, cost basis is really, really, really low versus Larry Fink's Bitcoin product. Everybody else's Bitcoin product, right, which has been created and beginning to fill the coffers over the last six to 12, maybe even 18 months. Uh, Grayscale's Bitcoin product has been around for a long time. So cash create with redemptions. Uh, of any kind or movement of any kind inside of the ETF is going to create a taxable event. Well, that taxable event makes it, you know, uh, it's another liquidity issue associated with TradFi. It also means that uh, other entities, other traditional finance entities um, that exist will be easier access, easier to get it approved inside of their mechanisms and boards and all that stuff. Um, but it creates a real problem, for example, for a, a place like Grayscale. Um, but point being is, you know, um, what's Larry doing? You know, Larry, Larry knows what's coming. Larry is, you know, he agrees with, I don't want to say his name wrong, but uh, Donish here. Um, 
you know, he agrees that uh, he knows what's going on. He knows what's happening. He sees it. He hears it. He hears it before anybody else does, right? So he's loading up. Um, cash create is a big deal. Everybody needs to take a real look at it, have an understanding of what's going on, have an understanding that that is everybody argued all the all the Bitcoin spot Bitcoin ETF um, applicants argued against cash create and lost. So their bet is we're, we're going to bend the knee on cash create. We're going to launch these products, hopefully grab a ton of assets under management um, and, you know, deal with the consequences of cash create. But cash create is going to happen. Um, and it's to me, it's one of the reasons why it's going to get approved in January. Danish, are you convinced? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, there's a bunch of stuff to unpack there. Um, the tax implications, I'm not an expert on, but it really has a lot to do with, you know, where, where you buy it, where you sell it, how much of the of it is churning flow versus, you know, lots of creates followed by redeems later. But the big difference in cash create means that the funds. Uh, all can now are now going to have to part of their marketing is how much slippage they're going to have in performance because of how badly they trade. So funds that have the ability and have scale to trade using modern tools. Now, I, I don't want to show my own company, so I'll just leave it at that. Uh, will have better performance than ones that just uh, trade in other ways and use their custodians to trade before them. So trading all of a sudden where if it was if it was not cash create, then you could use uh, the best market makers, the best ways to actually acquire your Bitcoin, however you did it, the miners, whatever. But you won't be able to do that except for seeding. And so it means that when you want to create, you're going to be publishing a price all day long. And if you can't buy Bitcoin at that price, your, your fund performance will be lower. And if you buy it at a better price, your fund performance will be better. And so it puts trading into the equation uh, which some people, you know, have vested interest in that being good or bad. So that that is important. Uh, it is why, by the way, they didn't want that because funds didn't want to have to worry about that. They wanted to be able to outsource that, and now they can't. So that matters. But I want to go back to the Fed because Scott knows this. For about a year and a half, almost every Monday, I have said that in 2024, the Fed is going to go dovish. There is no effing way they were going to be tightening or not have stopped going into an election cycle, I'll have to admit, even I was surprised at how absurd yesterday's speech was. And of course, the FX markets, which are generally not terribly volatile, has anyone looked at, at, at the euro, the pound, the yen? I mean, you're talking 1% moves, boom, you know, in 24 hours. Th those are big moves that the whole world is basically saying, wait a minute, what the hell's going on in the U.S.? And that is the Bitcoin narrative. Actually, Bitcoin. Dave, Treasury is less than 4%. 10 year less than 4%. Yeah, that's right. Like, what is going on? I, I understand. Yeah, exactly. I don't, that was going to be the next thing I was going to say. Thank you. <laughs> it was going to be how the hell did we go? We've lost, just think about it. The Treasury yield, what has it been, a month since when it tapped 5%? That is, those are just extraordinary moves. I mean, people talk about Bitcoin's not investable because it's volatile. When the ten-year bond yield moves by, you know, twenty percent of its yield. I mean, five percent to four percent in about a month. That is a big move. And so the the use case for Bitcoin, I'm not surprised Dr. Donish and other smart people aren't saying, okay, wait a minute, <laughs> this really needs to be part of your portfolio. I mean, we could talk about this at length and will, but it is kind of a big so, deal. Just to be clear. Just to be clear, you're not categorizing Danish as one of the smart people. 
Just, I'm, I just want to make sure that we all alive. <laughs> and, and, and then someone else, I, I noticed this. I know, right, right, someone, someone apparently, someone apparently asked Danish about his source about the ETF. <laughs> Either Danish is making shit up, or Danish is part of the crypto crew. Now. But, but I do want to echo one thing. I think it was Andrew was saying, but the fact is. You have to understand the SEC does not get into the weeds on the mechanisms of how an ETF and that stuff is going to work without approving it. That virtually Correct. never happens. Correct. So the fact that Correct. they have done this, what you have to understand is the ball is at the like one yard line, and we're talking maybe the one inch line, and we have the Philadelphia yeah. Eagles. Ryan, you've got hold on. Ryan, you've got a hot mic again, man. Yeah, go ahead, David. I was just going to say that the, the fact that, that BlackRock and others have all amended their filings at, to go to cash, you know, to cash, um, you know, in-kind, cash versus in-kind create. And by the way, obviously redeem too. You don't have to, it doesn't have to go that way. There will be two prices, the redeem price and the cash price, but you create price. But, you know, maybe later in the later spaces, we could talk about ETFs, uh, you know, so people could understand why. Uh, Dave. Sorry, I need to interrupt um, because Ledger just tweeted a okay. full update okay, cool. on this, and I know that people are waiting for this. Go, go right back. Uh, it's their final timeline and update to customers. You can find this at Ledger. Uh, Ledger Connect Kick Genuine Version 1.1.8 is being propagated now automatically. We recommend waiting 24 hours until using the Ledger Connect Kit again. The investigation continues. Here's the timeline of what we know. Uh, by the way, Smiley, you were correct. This morning, CET, a former Ledger employee, fell victim to a phishing attack that gained access to their NPMJS account. The attacker published a malicious version of the Ledger Connect kit, affecting versions 1.1.5, 6, and 7. The malicious code used a rogue wallet connect project to reroute funds to a hacker wallet. Ledger's technology and security teams were alerted, and a fix was deployed within 40 minutes of Ledger becoming aware of the malicious file was live for around five hours. However, we believe the window where funds were drained was limited to a period of less than two hours. Ledger coordinated with Wallet Connect, which quickly disabled the rogue project. The genuine and verified Ledger Connect Kit version 1.18 is now propagating and is safe to use. For builders who are developing and interacting with the Ledger Connect Kit code, uh, Connect Kit development team on the NPM project are now read-only and can't directly push the NPM package for safety reasons. We have internally rotated the secrets to publish on Ledger's GitHub. A uh, whole lot about, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it goes much deeper, but uh, it says that Chainalysis, uh, thank you to Wallet Connect, Tether.io, Chainalysis, Zach, XBT, and the whole community that helped us and continue to help us identify and solve this attack. Uh, it seems that the uh, Tether is frozen. Ledger, along with Wallet Connect and our partners, have reported the bad actor's wallet address. The address is now visible on Chainalysis. Tether has frozen the bad actor's USDT. That's good news. Remind you to always clear sign with your ledger. You guys can read it. That's the gist of it, but it seems they fixed it within 40 minutes. It was live for a couple hours, and maybe uh, maybe um, they uh, got the worst of it here. But, man, so this could crisis, be really, really crisis, of, crisis averted. And, uh, uh, I, I asked Jameson. Asset. I don't know. Jameson, what do you think? This is the price, yes, but pretty much what I think we were speculating was the likely cause, but I'll say this is a fairly amateur mistake on Ledger's end. And by that I mean this is a standard, you know, software as a service, a security architecture issue that you should have what we call two-man rules around the review and deployment of all code. And so whatever 
architecture Ledger had internally around deploying those NPM packages, it allowed a single employee to write and deploy code. And like, that's a single point of failure. That's really what I harped on an hour or so ago is the fact that despite how distributed and decentralized this system is, we still have these insane single points of failure. So it, it sounds like, you know, Ledger has figured out that they need to make the deploy process more robust there. And going forward, it seems unlikely that this specific type of attack will happen again. But you know, this is this is the nature of security is that bad things happen. You learn lessons from them and you harden your security processes as a result. And did they say, by the way, Scott, did they say it's a former employee? Does that mean they fired him after this incident? So I think it's, uh, I, I, I don't know if the implication is that they got fired for this or that they were already, a, they, they were a former employee, employee already who got exploited. I can't. Uh, it sounds like they were already a former employee and that would yeah. just indicate another That's ball weird. that they dropped where this is another this failure. Is another, it's a standard security practice I mean, that you revoke all former employees, you know, authentication mechanisms as soon as they are terminated. Is yeah. this the second or third ledger issue in the last 18 to 24 months i, I remember the last one i At just least third when they had the uh well i don't know if it was 18 months but they obviously had the data breach that had nothing to do with uh, any of this and then they had the controversy over uh their new uh program you know for recovering keys and that sort of uh showed that maybe someone else got, i don't remember the exact details but yes it's it's they, they've been in a controversial situation about three times at least yeah, I mean, at some point, shouldn't you kind of bring folks like Jameson in and have a couple conversations about how to avoid he has stuff his own, like this? He has his own, he has his own company. <laughs> I know, but, <laughs> but yes. still, I mean, point being, well, people, Jameson, like you said, need a people, job. people like it. It's, it's you know, this should, feels fairly elementary to, to, to avoid stuff like this, but, you know, who am I to say? I guess what you guys can do is, I mean, if you're worried about this stuff, then, you know, have multiple different hardware wallets that you put your coins on. At least you're, you know, as anti-fragile as you can be. Yeah. Yeah. Am I robotic? No. Um, no so with, with, with this update, so you guys said the worst has been averted. So does that mean because they spotted it too early, there's it, it not going to be that many dApps affected? There's not going to be that many wallets affected? But this is Ledger, right? This is coming from Ledger and talking about yeah, using but if Ledger, connected. But if, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't start jumping into anything else that could have, like, obviously No, but if Ledger patched affected. it... But it, Ledger was the entry point. If the entry point was closed up that quickly, does this mean that not that many wallets would have been affected? I'm sure there's a bunch of them. I mean, but it just, MetaMask... MetaMask also deleted their tweet, the one that said that it doesn't matter whether you use a ledger or not. That, that tweet's also oh, wow. okay. deleted. Yeah. That's so important. They deleted it? Yeah. That's very important. Yeah. Anymore. I like how you mentions it casually. But so what, what would you make of this, Jameson? I, I think it, it, it's showing that it's fairly minimized. Um, you know, we'll know over the next day or two, like you said, the, the drainer doesn't necessarily need to take all the funds though. I would suspect at this point, since 
they've been found out that they're going to be draining as quickly as possible and that they have likely already drained everything that they could drain. Uh, sounds like Tether has frozen the funds, but apparently the USDC funds that they had drained uh, were not frozen in time and they already converted that to something else. So uh, I think at this point, it's probably mostly going to be on the chain analysis folks to try to follow their movements. And, and, and this, this is a perfect example of the advantages and disadvantages of centralization. So with the, obviously the hack itself, it shows a disadvantage, but then with Tether being able to freeze um, some of the funds that were, that were drained, uh, just shows an advantage, David. Yeah. I mean, it seems like they're going to get away with nothing. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. How, how much did they get away with, with, uh, with USDC? Well, it was only a few hundred. It was only, a, well, yeah, I don't know. It was only a few hundred thousand, but I'm assuming that, is being watched very closely now. I don't know what it was for USDC. Uh, Jameson was the one who quoted that. I didn't see that in the uh, ledger part. Uh, David? Oh, yeah. I just wanted to bring the conversation back to, to macro. Uh, Powell, uh, Bitcoin ETF approval. I'm sorry that uh, Donish is no longer here. But, um, you know, I, I, I really believe with the ETF approval um, forthcoming in January, I, I think 2024 could be the year of Bitcoin um, in, in ways, in terms of its um, not only adoption, but just profile being grown massively. And on that, on that point, I'm wondering how much prominence El Salvador and the experiment in Argentina uh, going on under Malay right now could possibly get and contrast that with what's going on here in the United States, right? So we've got, um, I, I think, you know, general consensus on this call that, you know, the, the Fed is not doing the prudent thing in terms of if it does, in fact, go ahead and cut rates next year. Um, and we are not being, um, you know, managed, the, the U.S. economy is not being managed properly. Um, you have Malay in Argentina who, you know, whether he'll get to dollarization and whether he'll get to Bitcoin being legal tender, you know, very quickly, uh, we'll have to wait and see. But clearly, based on his acts on the first day of his presidency, you know, is really serving it up straight as a real libertarian. And, um, you know, he he is going to go ahead and make he, he's going to radically change, try at least to radically change the society there in terms of being fully transparent and having very little, uh, having the smallest government, frankly, footprint out of any government that's out there. And then El Salvador, uh, you know, clearly in the black on its investment in Bitcoin and only going bigger on that investment. Those two countries are not particularly notable in the worldwide scheme of things. But in terms of the experiments that they're undergoing, me, I think they're really David, let, me, let me jump in, David. I want to bring the conversation back to the hack. Um, got... Uh, you told me that the yeah is he okay with us mentioning his name? Did he give you an okay? <laughs> yeah, the CTO of okay. Swap uh, DM'd me Matthew Lilly and he said, "Hey, uh, I'm listening to the Spaces and I'm the one who broke the news, so we'd like to get him up on stage, of course." And we did mention, obviously, without his name, that it was from Sushi Swap uh, CTO that we'd heard it. Uh, so if he can, oh yeah, request yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or we're adding, yeah. yeah, yeah. I just saw a message as well. He sent it to me 16 minutes ago. I apologize, Matthew, for missing it. Uh, I've just sent you an invite. Request to speak as well if you're listening. Let me message reply. Oh, there he is. Is that him? My, oh, no, that's not him. Let me just reply to him quickly. 
uh, request. All right, we'll get him up. Uh, be good to get his thoughts on this. And if you are the one that broke it, Matthew, I'm assuming you did, considering you're saying you did. Uh, congratulations. Yeah, I appreciate did. it. Yeah, I, I agree. I've just sent you an invite, man. You can actually see you in the audience if you want to come up and speak. Uh, Scott, did you ask him? Okay, he said, yeah, he brought it, come up. Oh, no, did he come up or leave? Yeah. He's on stage. Oh, no, he didn't accept it. No, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll we'll be good to bring him up. Matthew, get your quick thoughts on this, but otherwise, appreciate you uh, uh, spotting the the vulnerability. So, uh, credits to you. Um, But I think that's pretty much it, Scott. I think we've covered the story well. Yeah, if if he's not coming up, I, I feel like we have to end it at seemingly things are improving. I think we got good insight there, but we should have literally just crashed the rug, the spaces, the minute that Donish said that he bought Bitcoin should have ended it. Yeah. Because that yeah, was such a revelation uh, that we could, we could only go uh, down from there. Yeah. I'm just checking the news. If there's anything else, by the way, are we doing spaces on, on news, uh, news day and Christmas day? We're just taking those days off. I don't know. How much trouble do you yeah. want us to be in with our, family and children and wives that you don't. Yeah. Have. I, I don't want my wife and kids to, to miss me on those days. You're right. Um, anyway, I think, I think we've covered uh, it well. Yeah, I think we did. All right. Well, thank cool. you, Matthew. If uh, you didn't get up, uh, appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah. Everyone give him, right, give man. him a follow. It's at, at Matthew double T Matthew Lily L I double L E Y. So to give him a follow and a thank you. Cool. Thanks everyone. Awesome. Bye.